This episode of Doug's Open Mic is brought to you by Mystic River Acupuncture, ancient medicine for a modern world. For over 30 years, Mystic River Acupuncture has specialized in helping musicians deal with the aches and pains that come from constant repeated motion. For more information, check out mysticriveracupuncture.com. Perks and Corks is located in the heart of downtown Westerly, the home of incredible live music six nights a week and world-famous martinis. Want to get from the couch to the stage, as Doug always says? Check out Perks Open Mic Night every Monday. For more information, go to perksandcorks.com. Are you looking for great food at unbelievable prices? Check out Boneyard Barbecue in Ashaway. Whether you're looking for a fun night out, family-friendly entertainment, or a beautiful venue to host your next event, Boneyard Barbecue has everything you can ask for. Find them on Facebook at Boneyard Barbecue. Welcome to Doug's Open Mic, a podcast spotlighting local musicians, bands, and songwriters. Hi everybody, D.U.G. here for another episode. Today we have my good friend Zach, who's the owner of Fretz, and uh, I've been doing business with Fretz for 10 years, 20 years, (laughs) a long time. I got got a couple good stories about the early days. Hey Zach, say hello. Hi, how are you? Good, good, good. So... What's new? So usually we start off with your early years, you know. And again, I met you when you had frets in the old place. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, back, which you, was... Uh, you met me probably in, I want to say, late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah, could be. Mm-hmm. So one of my favorite fret stories is that when Zach had this store over by... Well, it's where Longo's is now. What would we call it? Uh, it would be a good word. I don't want to do the old oh, Rhode geez. Island thing of saying, by the old mm-hmm. 84 High Street. You know what I mean? Yeah, we were, we were across from the... Originally when the shop opened, sh- shop opened, Kevin Desiree opened it in the fall of 1991. And I didn't work there yet. He so Fred was... You, um, you, yep. It you, was originally oh, owned by Kevin Desiree, who who ran Leprechaun Shoe Repair on that same line. Yep, yep, I know. The, yep. So Kevin had Leprechaun. He wanted to see a repair-oriented guitar shop in town. We had Rossi Music in town, but Rossi yep. specialized in band instruments. And Kevin thought it completely offensive that really, like, the number three guitar in the world, which was made right here in town, yep. and you couldn't walk into a shop in town and get a guitar serviced. Yep. So... Um, Good for him. Yeah, he... He had um, his friend, his good friend Mark Wright, set up the shop, do all the signage, get the shop going, and it was mostly like it was this tiny little spot. I think it was probably about 350 square feet. It was mostly repair benches. There were probably like a dozen refurbished guitars available for sale. Um, we would buy factory seconds and then do the repairs on them and put them out for sale. <laughs> and um, I discovered the shop, I think, during my senior year of high school. I graduated in 92. And so, like, in the fall of that year when they first opened, my girlfriend at the time said, oh, there's a new shop in Westerly. I was right across from there, and I peeked in, and it's mostly repair benches. She's like, it's right up your alley. I'd started building guitars when I was 16. And um, so I was always looking for places to go and buy parts. (laughs) Well, in fact, I went in. 
Um, and we ended up striking up a friendship and they took me in and started apprenticing me, I think in my, when I started college. Didn't you work at Guild for a while? No. No? Those, Mark Why worked did at I Guild. Think that? Jeff Tugas worked at Guild. Jacques Blanchette worked at Guild. They were all Guild guys. Yeah. And so I was apprenticing with them. Oh, okay. But I'd been building on my own for a couple of years. And um, once I started apprenticing in additional operations, they started using me as a subcontractor doing refinish work because they couldn't do refurnish work in a tiny little shop. So they would send stuff out to me, cracked and broken and exploded guitars. They'd bring this stuff home, put it back together, put a finish on it. And um, fast forward, I think, maybe my sophomore year of college, um, the opportunity came up. They wanted me to be the in-house guy. So in January of 94, I became the in-house repair guy instead of an outside contractor. And that year, I started learning the ropes of running that particular business and such. We moved it. I moved it in October around the corner to the wing of the old movie theater. And that was in October of 95, 94. And it finally started making money. Like I, think three that's years the, that's, in. I think that's where I ran into you. That, yeah. That one, not, not the leprechaun one, but the, yeah. the other one by the movie theater. At that point it started making money and Kevin had just about pulled half his hair out trying to run it in the first three years. His goal was to establish it, to plant it and then have one of the guys take it over once it was profitable. And Nobody ever made it profitable. But in that year, I'd made it profitable. So he said to me, he's like, all right, I wanted to see this business. I, I sunk all this money into it just because I wanted Westerly to have this business, to have a service-oriented guitar shop where you could get your guitar fixed. He's like, that was the biggest thing I needed. And he's like, and you do that. He's like, and you've grown it in ways that I didn't foresee. So he's like, that year, he was like, I'm going to make you an offer. He's like, go home, talk to your family. I was 20 at this point. <laughs> go home, talk to your family. So were you still going to college? I was still going to college. Through all this? Oh I took a God. month off of school oh God, to I can't build the new shop for him. And so he came to me and he was like, all right, it's making money now. He's like, if you can get it to pay me back everything that I sunk into it by the end of the year, I will hand you the keys. Oh, well. Wow. Like all stock and trade. And if not, you can buy it for me for what's left on it, and you'll have a business at 20. Yeah, really? Wow. So Kevin set me up. I, I ended up buying it in f- on February 1st of 1995, and it cost me less than I had in my savings account for school because <laughs> we really worked to blow out everything in those last few months. And I just had a job. Wow, that's you got a job. A, you go to work every day. That's such an awesome story. So, why? What? What led you to wanting to f- learn how to build guitars at sixteen, though, to begin with? You know, I was a fine arts student, um, but I had a I had a fairly broad background. My father was a commercial builder, um, but on the weekends we were always rebuilding old cars or building reproduction furniture. From like, we had this great big collection of books from Sturbridge Village on building. 16 and 1700s reproduction furniture and we literally would start with two inch blocks of wood and then fashion everything down and build it build everything with no steel fasteners all wood components so i really enjoyed the carving and um as a fine arts student i loved to design and as a mechanical 
guy, I loved to tinker with the nuts and bolts of every machine. So, and I loved to sing and play, and it was just one thing that embodied all of those passions for me. So, ironically, I wasn't going to start building on my own. I'd read a couple of books, and, you know, you get into something, you, you go out and head to the library, you find as much knowledge as you can, and you start sinking your teeth in. So I was a singer from the time that I was young. I'd played trumpet when I was in school. I played trumpet too. Hated it. (laughs) And um, guitar was a chance for me to be able to sing and just accompany myself. So I'd started playing and really enjoyed it. I didn't, I never went out and bought a guitar. My mom brought one home from the Blue Mitten one time and there there it was sitting in the corner next to the piano for like two and a half years. And (laughs) one of my cousins came in, um, we were going skiing for the weekend and he's like, is that a guitar? I still remember it. It was February of February, 1990. It was a weekend that Del Shannon died. (sighs) And here we are, like we're going skiing and you get up, you get up to the mountains. There's not a lot to do. So my cousin's like, can we take that guitar with us? I said, well, it's my mom's. Why don't you ask her? So she was like, oh yeah, sure. So we packed that thing in the car and we played guitar all weekend. So he, um, it's funny, he didn't play for too much longer, maybe like a year or two after that, and he gave it up when he started working. But he was friends with Les Paul's grandson. No kidding. And so he had all these really neat stories of like going to birthday parties and playing with Les Paul. <sighs> and so literally just sitting down, at, mostly what he knew was like Pink Floyd bass lines and that kind of stuff and little Metallica and that kind of thing and some Ozzy Osbourne. So he just started teaching me all this stuff that he knew on bass lines on the guitar and I fell for it hard. I loved it. <laughs> so then every day when I got home from school, I'd go and grab that guitar and sit around and noodle on it for an hour or so before I do my homework. Yep, very I didn't have any store. references. That's why I went to the library and started reading. And so in some of the books that I picked up, I started learning about guitar construction and how it worked. I was fascinated. I'm like taking a mirror and flashlight into the inside of the body and trying to understand what all the braces were there for and, and what the mechanics were. It was just fascinating to see that level of refinement in an instrument. So, so that propelled my interest enough that one of my friends had started building a guitar at school and he was my bandmate and he'd been teaching me chords and stuff, but he was... Mike was so vain, he would never wear glasses. He, had, he really <laughs> needed like Coke bottle glasses, but he was a good-looking kid, and he knew it. And he would never wear his glasses, even in shop class. So he'd, they'd put him on the saw. It sounds like a recipe of a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> Every time he would pass, he never told the shop teacher you're supposed to have prescription glasses. And every time he passed the saw on this guitar body that he was making, he started with this great big block of ash lumber that... He had all the parts, he had a neck, he had a bridge, he had a, another guitar, somebody gave him a bunch of pieces to reconstruct. Takes this big body, and he keeps cutting, he keeps cutting, he keeps cutting. Every time he passes the saw, he misses the line by a quarter inch. <laughs> by the time he was done, he had this little piece of wood that, <laughs> about the size of a laptop computer that was too small to fit hardware in any direction. So we start playing, he keeps borrowing my guitar, and I'm like, you know, what do you what's going on with the guitar that you're building? So he says, well, I, I kind of screwed it up. So he tells me a story. I said, well, it's a Tuesday afternoon. I'm like, after school, just bring everything over. I'll come down, I'll pick you up. We'll bring it to the workshop. And I'll, let's just see what you got. So he brings it all out and I look at it 
and I start measuring the scale length and looking at the block, and I'm like, well, this really isn't going to work. There's not enough wood here to put things where they belong. So I understood how guitars went together before I actually started building. And so that Tuesday, I modeled out something, pulled some, some of the lumber off the shelf, a nice inch and three-quarter block of, of northern pine, and we made a guitar, and by Friday it had a finish on it, and the next week he was playing it. Jeez. So I really got the bug. The next week I built a guitar for myself. Ah. And the week after that I built two more. And then I just took Man, off. You were like a production factory. Well, you know, thanks to the Westerly Library and Popular Mechanics had just done a really interesting article on building a Telecaster that July ah. as well. And so I had a recipe in front of me. And So these were electric guitars or acoustic yeah, guitars? I they were electric. Doing, yeah, electrics are... First one was a solid body electric. Yeah. My, the first one I did for myself was a full hollow. I started with a solid block and then milled it out and made tone, tone chambers and then laminated oh, it back okay, on it. Yeah. So that one was pretty well carved. Actually, Clayton Allen had that one for a long time. Oh, Clayton, yeah. We had him here. He did a great, great job. So, so funny story about Fretz. When, so when Fretz was moving from the, where they were by the movie theater to where they are now... Ten so, years ago. Ten years ago. So, so he had all this stuff. and He had a brilliant idea. He knew a lot of people. So, he goes, so all of a sudden, we all gathered at Fretz like at, at 11 o'clock. Probably on a Saturday. I always Saturday. moved the shop while it was open. Uh, it, it was I would be open one place in the morning and open at 3 o'clock down the street. Oh, there. that's awesome. It's, so we had about 30 people. And, and, and what we did, we all just grabbed guitar cases and, and guitars, and we just marched down the main street of Westerly to the we new did. place. We stopped traffic. We stopped traffic. <laughs> we, just, we had a parade of people just carrying guitars. And, and we moved you know, like a lot of stuff very quickly. Yeah. So I just um, I have a I do another podcast with a life coach called What's Right with the World, where we share positive news stories. Um, and uh, one of the stories from this week was a bookstore in I don't remember where, but somewhere in America there was a bookstore uh, who, that was a community bookstore that everybody loved, but it was a really small establishment, and they raised a bunch of money and they built. Um, or they got their own building, a brand new building, like a little bit down the street, yeah. um, in a very similar situation. And they didn't know how do we, how do we get all the books to the other place. They had a line of over two hundred volunteers who just handed Passing one book to the, the other. Yeah. Um, so I thought that that was the coolest. I've been talking about that all week. I thought that it was so cool. So it it's amazing to me that uh, you did a very similar thing. It Twice, was you said? You, well, you've done that both Brian, times? Yeah, I think uh, on separate occasions. When I first moved around the corner, it was, it was, oh, when I first moved the shop for Kevin, it was the day before Halloween, 1994, and we literally started the morning, we had just one of our clients volunteered to watch the register, and the last thing to come over to the new shop was the register, and once the register was in that location... The open sign moved over to the other door. There we go. Then we're in. We just, everybody who was around, hey, hey, we're going to take, we're going to go. You want to hop on the truck with us? And like whoever happened to be around, we went. Yeah, that's awesome. So we always, whenever I moved to another spot, I would establish the re repair shop spaces and move all the workbenches and all the tools, all of everything first. Because everything that I use for tooling and equipment, 
I also would use for dismantling and reapplying the displays. Yep. So I'd always need my workshop to be there and proceed the business anyway. Yeah. So I remember when we first, when I moved into the first additional shop after we were, that very first spot was where the little poodle grooming place is, if you picture how small that is. <laughs> and yeah, we moved the whole place in about three hours. <laughs> So this show, we, we we always like to have some live music, so we got kind of off track here. We usually have a, a live music segment. So Zach does some original stuff, and he's got his guitar all ready to go. So give us something. Sure. Well, just like I've always enjoyed putting guitars together and putting anything together, um, I've also enjoyed writing about it. So this is a song called Trying Not to Fall. trying not to fall Lord knows you haven't made it easy on me Sometimes it makes no sense at all I feel pulled then pushed away and I don't know what to believe Is this really real at all So I'm trying not to fall I have lost every sense of time I can't remember when you weren't on my mind It seems I don't know what to say And the more I pray for peace The more words keep slipping away So here I stay While I hold my breath for another day So while I'm trying not to fall I try not to get excited whenever you call Waiting for you to know your heart It's like watching the flowers grow The beauty is there from the start It's a blessing to me And the wonder is there to be seen 
should come to me today I think I'd finally know the right words to say Till then I'm trying not to fall And still I pray for peace and hope God will answer my call So here I stay While I hold my breath for another day So this is the first time I think, it's hard to believe, that I've actually just seen Zach in a guitar in, in this type. I think every time I've ever seen you, it's always been like bands, you know, at bars. Because oh, I love making loud noises. I know, but, <laughs> but this is good. I liked it. Uh, I, I've usually got an electric guitar in yeah, my hand. This is me but, at home, banging yeah, on no, an acoustic is, guitar. I hadn't seen this before. I hadn't seen this side of you. I, I, it, was, it was good. Thanks. So, so um, we're going to make this next bit of verbiage a little bit shorter because so, we always try to get three live songs in. I don't know if we're going to make it this time, but we at least got one. But So what are you doing now? Bands, gigs, blah, blah, blah. Bands, gigs. So in the last three years, my wife and I have had three children. Well, that's... And we, what we, I've we, really, we don't need the details on the, how all that happened. Well, we know how that happens. <laughs> However... However. Um, so you've been busy. I tr- I, we've been busy. I still, try to keep, I still try to keep gigs down to like once a month. Yeah. And whether... And then I get these occasional um, supporting roles that I'm trying to play with other people to help them along. Um, and at least once a month, I'm leading like praise and worship music at my church over in Pocketuck as well. Um, so there's always music going on. Yeah. <laughs> there's a constant outlet. But aside from that, I, since I had kids, I play more than I ever could play in a day because we were constantly playing music around the house with all the kids have ukuleles and Oh yeah. It's there's as soon as one comes down, they all come down and we're playing and singing songs. Oh, my grandson is doomed to be a musician. Just doomed. You know, it's like it's <laughs> language. So you want it to be as accessible as a box full of Legos. Yeah. It's just learning the pieces, and then it's fun. My daughter, like, I come home, and she's singing songs that she wrote herself during the day, and she's, it's literally a song that's the story of her day and what they were playing with the kids and stuff, and she'll dance around the room and sing this song. Mm-hmm. But I have caught her going over to the piano and just... Playing out it, it, little melodies and yeah, then singing absolutely. to herself, and then yeah. like, ten minutes later, I hear her, she's still singing the same sequence of notes, but now it's a song. It's like when I was teaching guitar too. Somebody said, "How early can they start?" I said, "Immediately. Doesn't matter. You know, they they yeah. can they, yeah, they they immediately." I, but there were only three. It's fine. Go. It's just access. Yeah, let's go. It's just access. There's yeah. there's a piano on every floor in my house. Yeah, because the kids will go to it. <clears throat> you know, the one the one year old goes over to it. And turns it on and sits there yeah, yeah, and yeah. presses out notes. Yeah. I keep an acoustic guitar tuned to an open E chord yep. on a stand in the bedroom, and he crawls over to it and okay. he sits there and he he doesn't just go bang bang bang. He like starts at the bass side, then he go, he alternates to the treble, ah, and then he pinches two strings at a time and hears the harmony on yep. each. And never sell them. He'll short. be there for ten minutes at one. 
Ding, ding, ding. I, I'm in the other room shaving, and I'm thinking, who's playing guitar? And I'm thinking, it's probably the oldest one. No, no, it's the baby. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> Braden, the, the, the three-year-old, he, he's been up with, uh, you know, we know Dave DeAngelis, and he's been playing. He goes up with his, his guitar and play on stage with him, and, he, and he's doing all the moves, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's hilarious. It really is. It really is. My daughter Penelope will, like, grab the ukulele when her friends are over and she'll hand them one and she'll be like, come on, we're going to do a concert. And they stand on the mantle at, in front of the fireplace. Dad, watch us. We're going to do a concert. And they just start dancing and singing and she's singing some song from they some They set up Barbie all the stuffed animals on the couch? What about those? You know, no, those. It was, there's always people in my living room. <laughs> yeah, so. always people. We've had that too. The whole stuffed animals are all, you know, We've watching. got family and fr- we're blessed with family and friends around us all the time. And so, and I try to keep the door always open at the house. So we really, they're always having fun doing these things. All right. Another live song, if you would. Another live song, if I would. All right, let's see. I'll try to give you something that's um, I would go on time. particularly fun Good. to me as well. I've got a love that carries me away. And I've got a song that makes me want to play. Anytime I'm feeling, feeling blue All I ever want to do Is spend time with you I've got a song that's ringing in my ears And I've got this heart that races when you're near Knowing you're always there Makes me lose my greatest cares I'm so thankful for you All I want to do is spend time with you sends me I flow where the water takes me feel the love you cannot break me I know you won't forsake me so take me home 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 And I've got a spark that flickers at your name And when you're around it turns into a flame Feeling I am near, near to your soul Makes me want to lose control Are you feeling it too? Oh, all I 
want to do is spend time with you. Oh, I want to be with you. Oh, and you know it's true. I go where the heaven sends me. I go where the water takes me. Feel the love you cannot me. Forsake me, so take me home, 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 take me <laughs> oh man! So so Zach is a a no pick guy. He's just playing fingers and thumbs. Oh, I can play picks too if you want. I know he can. I'm just saying for people who are listening, just that that was all done. No, no. <laughs> you picks. know how that's grown out of. So I was always a pick player. So like some of some of my favorite guitar players are like Brian May and stuff. He played with a coin. I love the idea of a variety of textural effects against the string and how you attack and the plectrum is a neat thing on its own but one of the things that happens when you're fixing like 1500 guitars a year is you're usually scrounging around on the repair bench for a pick mixed in with your tools and your strings and all your bits so i started just as a matter of i need to be able to just pick up the instrument work with it put it back down get back to my tools and over time, I started thinking about the ergonomics of my approach, how to get better contact and how to simplify it, and how I could get the effects of picks with my fingers. But when you hear guitar players with a pick, you get single notes. But if I had two, pick, two fingers, I can grab harmonies. I can create chords and these nice little runs of like root and third. And before you know it, one thing led to another. I went from being a flat picker to being like this finger style picker. And it just kind of happened when I realized I could, I could hit the guitar a certain way and never drop a pick at a gig again. I started thinking, Oh, this isn't so bad. Um, my biggest question for you is, uh, do you remember, what do you remember more? The customer or the guitar? <laughs> do you remember oh, people? Man. Do you remember? Good do you, do you remember people buy their guitars, or do you remember <laughs> guitars by the people? Over the last, oh man, I've, I've been at, I've been working at that for like twenty five years. Um, uh, when I think about it, when I see the guitar, I remember what strings were on it and all that stuff. That for years I've used to be, I had to go go private with my phone number one time because people would like five years into me running the business they would call me at house on a Sunday and say which strings did you use on this and I would know right but I started realizing you know I got to be able to put it down yeah, on yeah, the yeah, off yeah. day um, so yeah even with that number of instruments I still remember what went on it for strings I, re- I remember what I did 
sometimes I'll have something come back 10 years later and I can look at it at a glance and remember the guitar and, and still see the work on it. Um, I always remember faces. And as soon as I see somebody's face, I remember the guitar that went with it, but I'm still terrible with names 25 years later. You were able to, a couple years ago, I was buying a present for Dave and I was buying him a ukulele and you were able to go like, no, he would like this one because the action on it is diff- is like closer to the version of a guitar that he. Pl- I was like, "What are you? Ta- I don't know what you're talking about, but you know every detail about the guitars that he likes, and like why this would be." I was. I know weird things about every player's setup <laughs> in this area. <clears throat> I can tell you, just odd, odd stuff. Mark Browder is a good one. A shout out to Mark. Yep. He always plays. No matter what he's doing, if he's playing like the elixir bronze strings, he takes a 12-gauge elixir bronze string, and then he switches out the G string to a phosphor bronze, which has more phosphorus in really? it, a little more copper, string, and it's a yeah. little harder yeah, hit. Yeah. He always switches that out to a 25-gauge no phosphor. I don't know anybody else who would take a yeah. brand-new premium <laughs> 20-something dollar set of strings and then switch out like a dollar fifty string <clears throat> into it, a cheaper string, no less, yeah. for that one note. But he knows when he hits that note, he wants it to come out a certain way. He knows what it wants, yeah. So we talk about action. One thing I wanted to kind of, when I was writing my notes up for this show, is that this is another Dougism slash commandment. If you have an acoustic guitar, you would be well served to bring it to Zach about every two years to have him take a look at it and, and do what they call a setup. If you climate control your home, two years is a good rotation. Yep. If and, you don't and, and, climate control, I should see it twice a year. Yeah. Because they're yeah. just moving with the weather. Yeah. All the so time. so it's woods everything. So so it, g- it gives you a couple things. Number one, like Zach says, the woods moving around. So if all of a sudden something starts to go wrong, it's better that he gets it sooner than later. Well, and a lot of times it's like a quick five minute little tweak, and it's good. It's <clears> like when you go into the dentist and you've got like great dental care and like. You walk in, they look at you, they're like, all right, you're good, and then you get back out of the chair and you're done. But most people aren't having catastrophic issues happen. Every once in a while when you get a blind spot on an instrument, there's something that we'll see from the outside that tells you when you've got a, lo- a brace that's pulled loose or some odd thing yep. that you might not see, but you're like, man, there's something squirrely in this thing. I can hear a note that I didn't used to hear in the body and the action's moving a lot more and that kind yep. of stuff. Stuff that you can't see, but we'll see it. And, and if you're just starting out guitar, like one of the most common complaints you hear about people starting out with guitars, like, I started playing guitars, but oh, my fingers hurt and stuff. Chances are the action, which is how far the mm-hmm. strings are away from the, the uh, fretboard, were too high. And that, will, mm-hmm. that can literally make you stop playing guitar because and it's too low can make a guitar sound choked off and dead sounding. I'm like, man, I really just don't like the sound of this guitar. Yeah. Sometimes we just make a recommendation based on the type of strings, based on the way you like to play. There's a lot of different material when it comes to the top wind on the wires. So we can a lot of times. See, find listen, the voice to you. It, it seems, listen to all that stuff. It's like. It's, yeah. It's, um, you are just an encyclopedia and a wealth of knowledge. Um, <laughs> and we could literally talk to you all day, uh, probably every day, and learn something new. Um, we are over time at the moment, whatever, uh, doesn't matter. Um, but, 
Uh, so like where, what groups can people find you in right now? Where can people so find you? So the group that I schedule? play with normally is the Lazy Sundays. That's me and David Denham. If you find us as an, as a duo, um, if you find us as a, as a broader group, it includes Jason Rusk and Larry Martinelli. Um, so look for Lazy Sundays. We're around. We do a lot of private event actually. Um, I love private events. And private events are great. Oh. Man. Just be surrounded with people that you already liked before you got there. Oh, okay. Not that you don't make a lot of friends every time you go out to play, but private events are blast. They appreciate you more. You're, 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 in my, I, that's thing. what I always loved about doing weddings. You, if you weren't family when you got there, you're definitely family after the event. You always remember like the people working at weddings. You, you just want it to be like everything. So you give them your all and it just makes the day. So those are the kind of things. I think we've got at least one wedding on the books already for next year. Ah, cool so. beat. Awesome. So uh, where can, obviously, Fretz, downtown Westerly. Oh, yeah, people uh, can find me down there all the time. Um, and I think coming in the, next, in the new year, Dave and I are going to be doing the acoustic thing as a duo over at, duo over at um, Harbor House and Mystic pretty regularly. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah, yeah. that's a great place. So, yep. but we usually will, you see us there. You'll see us down at Tap Apple. We've d- historically done perks and corks forever and ever and ever. Um, though I'm trying to get outside of my shell because you know, when you get to travel, it's more exciting. So yeah. we've been doing a few other things like East Greenwich and stuff. So awesome. Um, can you play us one sure. more song on the way up? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so this is out. So thanks for coming by. We will have you back soon. Definitely, guys. This was a pleasure. In all the world, in all of my dreams, I never felt so new and clean. It might just be I've been found. Troubles of these days You come and blow my cares away Might just be I've been found Always said the Lord works in his own way Now I'm beginning to think He wants me happy for the rest of my day 
take the wrongs, you make them right. You hold me close all through the night. It might just be I've been found. Yeah, people have always said the Lord works in his own way. Now I'm beginning to think He wants me happy for the rest of my days I've never felt like this before But now I know there's so much more It seems to me I've been found It seems to me I've been found It seems to me Seems to me I've been found 